The Outfield was a famous 1980s band, and they had games. They had songs about the game. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Jake Myers, Chas McCormick, Mauricio Dubon. Who is going to take center field and center stage in 2024? We'll talk about it on tonight's Locked on Astros. We are Locked on Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Find the show at Locked on Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can we find you at on this lovely, I think it's Monday afternoon or evening yeah that's right you can find me at h-town wheelhouse on x instagram and tiktok you can find me at stros 411 on x instagram facebook and tiktok always positive always stros look um we got a lot of questions to answer so we're just going to choose one of many tonight so eric let's get started yeah. Uh, Brett, I can see you clearly now. Uh, nice camera. You got a new computer there, and it looks pretty good. So um, let us know in the chat what you think about uh, Brett's new video there. It looks pretty um, lit there, so to speak, and thank that's you. what the kids would say. So, guys, uh, thank you for making us your first listen every day. And, Brett, this is the first time we've both been together since we uh, topped the 10,000 subscriber mark. I was at Spirit that's Halloween right. shopping for my daughter's costume this weekend, and – uh, I got a notification from Twitter that said, throw a party. You have reached 10,000 subscribers, <laughs> and I think we should throw a party <laughs> or something. I hear you. But definitely, it, thank you for all the everydayers, people that have subscribed to us. We I started this back in, I think it was 2019, and I remember the first uh, month or so, it was grueling. It was only 15 minutes back then, a podcast, but uh, we took it from something that nobody knew about to something that a lot of people know about. And it's all because of you, you telling a friend, telling a friend, telling a friend. So go and continue to make us your daily listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify. Go and subscribe to us on YouTube. Let's get to 15,000, then get to 20,000 and beyond because we are here for you all off season. And I know one of the most pressing questions is, with Dusty Baker gone, what are the Astros going to do at center field? We know that it was a revolving door at center field this last year. It wasn't quite as bad as you might think it was. So I broke down the playing time. Chas McCormick played 31% of the time in center field. Jake Myers played 54% of the time in center field. And then you also had Mauricio Devon with 15% of the time playing time in center field. But in September, it kind of dwindled a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for Jake Myers, well, I mean. Yeah. Well, you know, and Jake Myers really is like, I don't know who the odd man out here is. I don't know if the odd man out is actually Mauricio Dubon because I think he's more of a utility guy. You want to be able to use him in the infield, in the outfield. But I mean, you can't deny how much he did play center field. It, that may have been more of a dusty thing. And now that, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head, Eric, that dusty's not here anymore. 
And so the new skipper, whoever comes in, you know, I went over my top three candidates last night. If y'all didn't get to check that out, check that out. Um, and Eric, I would like to know maybe, maybe not tonight, but maybe on a later show who your top three candidates are before we get off in the woods. And we'll talk a little bit in the last segment, a candidate that has mentioned interest mm-hmm. um, poss- quite possibly. But look, the bottom line is I, I, I think this is Chas McCormick's job to win and to lose. I, I think he um, he has the advantage of the World Series catch, not just that, but he has the advantage of his bat really took off. Now, I think some of the fielding aspects of the center fielders is tough. Some of the routes they take to fly balls at times are questionable. Um, Jake Myers, I know, arm his arm strength is in question and we don't exactly have strong center field arms. We do have guys down in the minor leagues, um, Pedro Leon, Joey Loperfito, and one we forgot to talk about before was even Justin Dearden. We got three in the minor leagues, but what you got to focus on is who you have now and who's the most ready. Cause that's really probably coming out of spring training. Who's going to get started me. I'm going to put all my money on Chas McCormick, but I'm also not going to give up on Jake Myers. We don't know what a fully healthy Jake Myers can do back in the box. Maybe he strengthens that arm. Maybe he does stuff in the offseason to get back on the right page. Because, look, Jake Myers isn't going away. He's not going to just give up the ability to try to be starting center fielder for the Houston Astros, who have been to seven straight ALCS despite not playing in the World Series right now. But I definitely think it's an entertaining question because there's also free agents out there to talk about as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But for right now, let's go and focus on who we have in-house right now. Chas McCormick, had he had more playing time? Yes, he played in 115 games this year. Uh, So did Jake Myers. He played in 112 games. He also had um, uh, Mauricio Dubon play in 132 games. But I know a lot of that was at second base when Jose Altuve was out. So uh, Chas McCormick had a 3.8 war he had a batting average of 273, a slugging percentage of 49. Uh, he had 22 home runs. He had 19 stolen bases. If you uh, if you go ahead and give him a full 160 game season, I guarantee you would see a little bit more. I know that he does have some weaknesses. Uh, you can talk about what's on the stats uh, sheet in a second about some of his weaknesses, but he has kind of improved a little bit against uh, certain uh, pitches, uh, but that he struggled about in the past. And this shows this shows a uh, sign of growth. And I know Dusty Baker said that well, Chas McCormick wasn't a big boy, and he doesn't deserve everyday playing time. But you 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 don't really know if this guy is going to be a big boy until you give him the everyday playing time. So could he have reached 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases? Maybe if you give him everyday playing time, would he have struggled more against lefties uh, or righties? Or I, I don't, we don't know. That's the problem is I know that uh, Chas McCormick played more in left field uh, a little mm-hmm. bit because uh, he's not as good a defender out there. As right. The other two guys are, but um, if you're, Let's say you go out. We'll talk about free agents in a little bit. But let's say you go out, get somebody to play the corner position, and you need that bat in there. Who knows what the new manager is going to do? So, what did Jake Myers approve upon in the last year? So, Jake Myers, what did he improve upon? Well, I mean, he didn't. He did make some swing adjustments during the season. Uh, slash, I mean, he only hit two twenty seven. The slash line was two twenty seven, two ninety six, three eighty two. 
um, with 341 um, plate appearances. His exit velo did drop, but um, he does have elite speed and his center field defense is useful out Chaz there. McCormick, right? Um, oh, oh, you said Myers. Oh, I was. Yeah, sorry, you said I, you said you said Chaz Jake McCormick. Myers. That's okay. Okay, you said Jake Myers, and I and I automatically went. Well, I don't know how he improved. Yes. Okay. So, Chaz McCormick in the adjustments he made this last year. Sorry, my apologies. Um, he basically established himself as one of the team's best fastball hitters. Um, he improved. He improved against sliders, which is huge. Um, Jeremy Pena could take a lesson out of that book. Um, it raised his OPS against right-handed pitching from 645 in 2022 to 769, which is a pretty good jump in 2023. Um, and Baseball Savant has him finishing with a run value of four against sliders. Last season was negative seven. Right. That's huge. When you can get out of the negative value numbers into a positive, even a one is better than a negative seven. Right. Um, he reduces whiff rate um, by almost 4%. He made stance adjustments. Um, he started pulling the baseball with more authority. You know, Jeff Blum talked about that too during the season. And he does at times chase. Um, he does swing at those balls in the dirt. But I think that is also going to be improved over time. And I think you're going to see him actually cement himself as an everyday center fielder. Look, he was on top 10 list for center field all season long. Right. That's not by mistake. So that's why I say I think it is Chas McCormick's um, job to, to win or to lose. So, again, sorry. I think you had – anyways – yeah, I think it was a mix-up on, on my yeah. part, but it's fine. It's all uh, good. I meant to say Chaz McCormick, but uh, I think that if you're looking at defensive-wise, I think that Jake Myers is the guy. Uh, I think we're, we'll talk about him in second, but definitely Mauricio Devon. I think you were right earlier about, well, if you put him all everywhere uh, as the everyday center fielder, then you kind of take away what makes him valuable. And uh, one of the things that makes him valuable is coming off the bench. And so that's something to keep in mind. So whoever the new manager is for Houston Astros, that is something that they have to take into consideration as well. So there's so many different things. So I think that as they go ahead and start trying to interview for a new manager, they have to ask, well, what do you think? Do you, do you go for analytics for the hitters yeah. or do you go for defense? Well, look, yesterday I talked to y'all about FanDuel and I talked to y'all about um, C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. Well, it didn't really go C.J. Stroud and the Texans' way, but it doesn't mean you can't get in on the game of FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right. It is a $150 that you get if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time then to get in the action right now. The app is so easy to use. It's got a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right. So um, I 
guys, just to let y'all know, I sometimes call my daughter, my son's name, my son, my daughter's name. So I get names mixed up in my head all the time. So that's what that was. So getting to the real Jake Myers, I know that he actually got a lot more playing time than a lot of us thought, especially after the past two seasons uh, before where he was uh, hurt a lot. And uh, he showed what he ha- his potential can be. He is above um, average speed. He has, uh, you talked about already, he has a, he's a great defender. But um, what can you do with the bat? I know there's that time where he, he was like one of the best hitters on the team, it seemed like. But then he kind of slumped down a little bit. So what, do you, what is the new manager going to want? Is he going to want somebody that's a better defender or somebody that can hit well? And I think it all depends on who they go out and replace Michael Brantley. We're assuming Michael Brantley's not coming back or retiring or something <laughs> like that. So we're going to assume that Alvarez uh, is not going to be an everyday left fielder. Maybe during the playoffs, uh, depending on who you got, um, you, who do you need to put at DH. But with as valuable as he is, why put him in center and left field unless you have somebody else? who's just has to be playing DH like Michael Brantley did. So I think that you need, if you're going to go out and get somebody, we'll talk about some of that options in a second, Brett, but um, let's talk about Myers and Dubon and uh, we'll kind of wrap up on the, who we have. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think with, with what they did last year, Dubon makes the most sense. I mean, he was nominated for two gold gloves, utility and sec and second base. And so, um, you know he is going to be there. He's going to be your guy that's going to pick up the bat, and more than likely he's going to hit the ball. But I really think center fielder, you have to also go with who is going to get to the ball the best, who's going to make the best track. Jake Myers is clearly the best defender. Chas McCormick, I think, has the best power bat. And then you have Mauricio Dubon, who has the best utility bat where he can hit. He's a spray hitter. He hits the ball over the field. He gets on base. Um, and so for me, I just think it's whoever's second out of Myers and Dubon. I don't think either one of them leapfrog Chas McCormick unless Myers comes out and he has an absolute stellar spring training. I just yeah. really think that you're going to see um, Chas McCormick not only earn the starting position, but get to be an everyday starter because for all intents and purposes, he is a big boy. All right. Uh, good one there. So um, I'm going to give you some stats about them, uh, their war defensively, and it may surprise you. Jake Myers in center field has a 7.7 war. Chas McCormick has a 3.4 war in center mm-hmm. field. Mauricio Dubon has a 3.0 war. So technically, McCormick with more playing time. Granted, I do know that that's part of the consideration but he does have a higher war. If you look at what Dubon does and sorry, uh, Chaz McCormick does in right field, he has a 0.7 war and I'm trying to find him in the left field. Where's left field for Chaz McCormick. I saw it earlier. It's actually a negative 0.5 in left field. So he's actually got a negative war in left field. So you know, it's interesting in left field. Well, you know, it's interesting about the negative wars is war is um, Kyle Tucker had like a negative outs above average. Um, pretty much all season long, which which is weird. Um, look, Eric, I, I think the Astros actually have a lot of really cool questions to answer because we're returning pretty much everybody except for a few free agents 
that are relief pitchers for the most part. And so you have the luxury of bringing guys back that are familiar with the culture. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is so important what the new manager thinks. I think the new manager is going to be in house. I know they're looking outside, (laughs) but I really think that if you want to keep the steam train rolling, why would you go out and get an older manager? Why would you go out and get someone who hasn't really managed for the first time with the club? If you're going to get a guy with the first time manager for the club, Joe Espot is your guy. He knows the clubhouse. He's been there, done that. And I named another guy yesterday, Omar Lopez. Do you yeah. know that Omar Lopez is the one that suggested Jose Jose Altuve try out and the Astros give him a look at the age of 16? That's Omar Lopez has been with this team for a long time too. So yeah, I like our options. The more you know. Um, actually, before we move on from defensive subject, um, do you get, can you guess the top three worst defensive players and their positions on the Astros? Yes. The worst defensive players and their positions. And their everyday Mar- players. Martin Maldonado, number one. He's number three. Uh, he has a negative 7.3 defensive. Order. Wait, he's only third. Yes. <laughs> um, Jose Abreu. Yes. He is number one with a negative 12.1 war. <laughs> And um, somebody who's nominated for a gold glove, <laughs> Kyle Tucker. Yes. Yeah. Negative I, 11.9. Wow. Yeah. Look, look, Tucker. I mean, we know what he can do. Right. We've seen the great King Tuck make grabs, but we just saw deflated. Oh, the King Tuck that we saw in the playoffs. That was so hard to watch that game seven, Eric. I hate to bring up painful memories, but I was there. I experienced it. I saw him at the plate. I saw him when when he dinked a ball into right field in Globe Life Field. We're like, maybe Tucker's coming out of it. <laughs> nope, he didn't. So, and then, yeah, the glove is, hey, maybe we need to look at Juan Soto. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is he still 22? Um, if he's not, we don't want him. But, Juan um, Soto looking- and Luis Robert. <laughs> okay. So, if you're looking at, well, Dusty Baker didn't know what he was doing center fielders this year. The Astros were third overall with defensive war uh, behind the Rockies. They had a 17.9. The Blue Jays, I think with no Springer wasn't out there. There was somebody else. Uh, 17.8. And then you had the Astros at 14.0. So the Astros still had the third best defensive center fielder out, out there. So the Astros are not slouches out there. So right now, the one of the biggest thing catcher i think that's settled it's gonna be yiner ds i think pretty much every position settled except for left field and center field left field may be settled what may settle who's going to be playing center field but if they go out and get a free agent we'll talk about that in a second then that could change things right but uh i just think that the astros need to see what Chaz mccormick can do with more playing time he is a big boy. He can he can get the job done. Did he, did he look great during the playoffs? No, he did not look great uh, at all. Uh, ever at all during the playoffs sometimes, but he did have his moments. But I think that. Well, I, I think, think this whole team he, he could be better. I mean, yeah, I mean, we never really broke down the ALCS, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But that was not. I mean, the playoffs this year was not your typical Astros team. There were just 
there were just too many things that, that you just kind of knew that even if look, I think if the Astros made it to the World Series, I think anybody stands a chance, right? Right. Um, but the way they were playing, I was just wasn't convinced that if they moved on, I'm like, well, what are they gonna do? I mean, if they have home field advantage against the diamond pass, it's bad. And again, had we not won the freaking division, we would have had four games at Globe Life Field, and we probably we would have, would have fallen into series. the World Series. More people be watching the freaking World Series. <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie, be, I have not watched it, the inning. I've not watched the pitch of the World Series. Um, I've watched. Um, I've watched. I've watched portions of it. Um, I saw whenever Arizona was up, and then I saw Garcia's home run, and then yesterday. I turned it off and it was like five to one Arizona. And I figured they were pretty much going to take that game. But yeah, it's actually get this. It's funny. You mentioned that the lowest viewed world series in recent history, fewer views than the pandemic 2020 world series. That was the first world series played at globe life field between the Dodgers and the Rays. Look, it's the world series that nobody wanted outside of Dallas, Fort Worth and Arizona. I get that. The only the only way this World Series would have been worth something is if the Astros would have still been in and they would have played the Dodgers, the Braves, or the Phillies. The Dodgers has got intrigue. The Phillies last year's matchup in a rematch from 2021. Those are the only World Series scenarios that would have gotten a lot more viewership. And unfortunately for Rangers fans and Diamondback fans, they're loving it, but everybody else is like, meh. That's football season. So uh, it's just a reality. I thought everybody was rooting for the Rangers to beat the Astros. It's so weird how the tables. Have it's turned. so funny. It's so funny how they fall off the bandwagon. Once the Astros are out of it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's boo so Astros, boo Astros. Wait, uh, the Astros out. <sighs> yeah. Who are we going to boo now? Um, <laughs> we don't dislike the I Rangers. Um, the Diamondbacks are actually a good story. So who do we boo? You know, and again, nobody's taking me up on it. Look, hold on. Let me get this. So I've while this ring. Okay. Or, no, I, no, look, I've got this ring right here. If you can find the episode where I said the Diamondbacks are the dark horse to go to the World Series from the National League, you can, I don't remember when I said it, sometime during the summer. I'll give you, I will mail you this Lance McCullers World Series ring, 2022 World Series replica ring. I'll even pay the shipping. Someone find it, show it to me, send it to me on DM. I'll send it to you. That's my promise. Oh, and guess what? We got we got giveaways, dude. We got giveaways. Okay. Um, I I don't have the official list yet, but it's going to include two Jordan Alvarez Funko Pops. I'm that that I'm going to be giving away. I'm actually buying out of my own wallet two Jordan Alvarez. I'm giving away a Morgan Innsberg autographed baseball. I put together a stack of Astros baseball cards out of my personal collection of H Town Wheelhouse collection. We're going to be giving those away, saying thank you for 10,000 subscribers. So I will get my official list. I'll put a list on the YouTube channel and then we'll tell you how we're going to give away and we'll get that rolled out sometime this week. So be watching for that. All right. So if you're looking at, well, Eric Brett, you know what? If there's, if Chaz McCormick has to play left field, or if you just want a pure center fielder, you don't want to give Jake Myers a shot, then what free agents are out there? We're probably going to be looking at a lot of free agents out there because let's be honest, the Astros don't have a lot to trade right now. So let's look at the free agents. Hmm. Cody Bellinger. The Astros had interest. 
but they didn't want to pay what they what the Cubs ended up paying. Right. There's a mutual twelve point uh, twelve million dollar option, but with the season Bellinger had, he's going to decline that for sure. So his market value is twenty two million for this next season. His he made seventeen point five million last year. So the Astros would have to pay a lot of money to bring Cody Bellinger in. Why are you going to pay him and not pay one Kyle Tucker? Forget the playoffs, guys. Kyle Tucker <laughs> is still one of your best at players on this team. But you got to admit, his price tag took a hit from that playoff um, performance. Yes, maybe. If you're if you're the Astros, I'm going to say, you know what? I remember, God, we all we needed yeah. you to do was hit a home run. All we needed you to do was not hang your head. Now look yeah. at all this tape of you hanging your head, walk on the field. I'm just telling you, clubs are going to use that against you. The Brewers use it against their best pitcher last year and said, we're not playing, paying you because you're the reason why we lost the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying the Astros are going to go that far into it, but these clubs, when it comes to saving money, guys, you got to remember, it's all about the bottom line. It's not, it is about world titles. But it's also about the bottom line. The bottom line with HL Wheelhouse. We'll start a segment, and that's the (laughs) bottom line because H Town said so. I'm sure that's been taken. But Kevin Kilmeyer is another one. Uh, He played last year with the Blue Jays. Uh, He he got a market value of $7 million. He made $8.9 million last year. He is 33 years old, though. Um, Harrison Bader. Um, I don't know if that's a guy I want to really go after, but he did have a much better season last year um, with the Reds, I believe. And so he has, I think he got traded to the Reds, if I remember correctly, or, but he has a market value of $15.2 million. So if you want Bader, you're going to have to pay for Bader. What about uh, Lourdes Gurriel? What about Lourdes Gurriel? I don't know if he's, He's. I'm looking at uh, sports. You're just looking at. I'm looking, looking at, at center fielders. center fielders. Oh, okay. Today okay, is okay. center fielders, guys. Okay. Center, focus, focus. <laughs> Scroll. <laughs> right. uh, Michael Taylor. We saw him with the uh, the Twins. He made 4.5 million last year. He's due to make about 7.2 million AAV. So we'll see uh, if the Astros go out and get him. He is 32 years old. Tony Kemp. He could be a cheap option. But what's the difference between Tony Kemp and what you have in house? Kevin Pillar. No, Tony Kemp. Uh, Tony Kemp's no. an infielder. He's not an outfielder. He plays center field. Dude, he <laughs> plays so much second base. Jackie Bradley funny. Jr. is another option. Oh, well, no. Again, okay. Hold on. <laughs> okay. What's next? Are we going to find guys that are playing the, in the Aaron next Aaron Hicks <laughs> is also a guy who can play center no. field. <laughs> no. Eric, Eric, hold on, Eric, stop. Okay, okay, Eric. No, no, we okay. No, that is that is what the Oakland A's go do. This this is the or that's that's an Angels move right there. Okay. Oh, hey, don't get me wrong. I love Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp's a good dude. Like he is a good team guy, clubhouse guy, fan favorite. People in here still chant his name when he comes to town, but he is not going to be my starting center fielder. He is not going to be my starting second baseman. So Tony Kemp, hey, Kempin ain't easy. So that's why maybe H-Town's not the place for Mr. Tony Kemp. But look, Cody Bellinger, if you can get the price down right, I know we talked a lot of smack. I know there's a history there. 
Kevin Kiermaier, I liked him before he went to Toronto. Um, Gritchick, is he more of a right fielder than a center fielder? Um, or does he also play center fielder? And I don't know if he's a free agent, but there, there are a lot of names out there. Luis right. Robert Jr., I don't know that he's a free agent. It would probably be a trade. There's a lot of options if you want to go look. The thing is, Eric, we're really close to the cap. We're like, what, $9 million under it, I think. Not cap, but the luxury tax. Um, and the question has always been, will Jim Crane go above and beyond that? Is he willing to do that? And if it, is it going to be for Kyle Tucker? Is it going to be for another player? Um, but like you said earlier, what what is this name being floated around? Some random name came into the managerial pool of interest here in Houston. Um, and before, yeah, I'll get that in a second. But before we do that, I just want to let y'all know this all hinges on Michael Brantley. And uh, if he's coming back and if he comes back, then Chaz McCormick likely plays center field. If nobody comes and they don't sign any free agents, then you likely see Chaz McCormick in left field and some combination of Myers and Dubon kind of manning center field, just kind of like what we did. But the whole point is we think that um, McCormick needs more of a chance to play. So um, going back to what you said, there was um, – a report, um, I think it was yesterday or yes. something that... Um, Actually, I think it came out today. I saw it today on Twitter Okay, um, so from, it was, from Jason Bristol. Yeah, Jason Bristol said that popular at Atlanta Braves third base coach Ron Washington is interested in Houston Astros open manager position. Jeremy Booth and I have learned. Uh, Washington is 71 years old. He's beloved by the Braves players. As a manager, he twice guided the Rangers to the World Series in 2010 and 2011. He also briefly played for the Astros in 1989. It's not known if the Astros have mutual interests, but Washington and the Astros general manager, Dana Brown, were, of course, both working for the Atlanta Braves at the same time. So I did look up Ron Washington's stats. He's 60, he has 664 wins. 611 losses so that's a 521 winning percentage he has two pennants and he's also hasn't really been a pure manager since the rangers in 2014 so you're talking about nine years of yeah i don't know like I, I i think we've already done the guy that hadn't managed in a while and came back and had a good run and i think it's joe spot his time maybe if Look, someone joked me on Twitter. Maybe if Ron Washington wants to wants to join the team and just tell Jordan Alvarez that playing first base is really hard, kind of like in Moneyball. But they were like, "Tell him Washington playing first base is easy." Nope, it's incredibly hard. <laughs> that was his role on that team. He's actually on the Oakland A's team that that biopics about that that you know that right. money about the Oakland A's. But I don't. No offense. Look, I love Ron Washington as a position coach. I've seen some of the things that they've done on MLB network with him instructing players. The dude knows a ton about the game. He's got a ton of experience. I, I just, I, I don't want to go with the older route. Um, yeah. I want to, I want to stick with the spotter. If we go anywhere, I like a spotter and I even like Omar Lopez being the bench coach for a spotter. 
Yeah, there's so many options for Houston Astros, and I know there's um, Craig Council has serious interest with the Mets, but he would be a good get for the Houston Astros. And we have all offseason talk about all these moves. So, guys, make sure you tune into the Locked On Astros podcast. Make us your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube. Go and subscribe to us. Make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Go and check out Eric and Brett. We are the Locked On Astros podcast and Ghost Coach Rose.